following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. My old man dropped uh, that Blues Brothers line on stand right before they went down to Ohio for the Whitewater game. He got in the car on Friday morning and they left. And he said it's 106 miles to Chicago. We saw them nice. down there. My dad finally got to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because oh, he was cool. in a band uh, a long time ago growing up, and that's one place he wanted to go. And then we saw him at the Whitewater game, which was which was cool. You know, um, dad's retired, doesn't do much. Stan wants to do everything, and so they they went to the Whitewater game. They're in our press box, and Stan's helping me separate some chairs. Hits the back of his hand and starts bleeding everywhere. Oh, yeah, that old man paper-thin skin. And he's probably on blood thinners. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's in front of the Whitewater people, just, ah, I I cut myself. I mean, blood's just gushing. Maybe you want to go get that washed out and band-aided up, Stan. I walk back in the press box, there's just droplets of blood. I think somebody's been shot. Jesus. Thanks for making the trip. Yeah. Don't worry, we got this. Don't worry. <laughs> People are going to be cleaning the press box. What happened over here? <laughs> good first impression. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. All right, so. So we lied. Yeah, I came back yeah, for another we're, episode. We, we lied. We'll, you can't. You can't stay. No, away. that's what it is. I, I dragged you back. <laughs> you I was like, "Hey, man, the season's about to start yeah. for the NFL. We got to make our picks. Got to make picks." Did so, we review? Did you review what we did last year and how far off we were, or how good we were, or anything? I did not. Okay, I did not. That's I, probably I, a good I didn't, thing. I didn't do that much homework on, on the subject. I think we were. Uh, we neither one of us were did very well loading. Okay, but. Uh, yeah. All right. I think my big I think my big win last year is I predicted Philly to be really good. I didn't predict them, I don't think, in the Super Bowl, but I thought they sure. would be really good. So Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll do some some NFL predictions. You got a lot of stuff. I'll 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 hang around for some of this. And you got a new segment yeah. as well that you're gonna do going forward, which I've I'm I'm kind of excited to be here for the debut of. Yeah. Um we'll do some college stuff, NBA baseball uh as well. So <laughs> All that uh, is ahead, but here we are, week one. Two it, days away. It always seems like it's so long, and then it goes by so fast. I don't know about you, man, and like I feel like I probably did less this summer than I have in a long time. You didn't golf as much. I didn't golf as much. I feel like this summer flew. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but it's like, yeah, we're two days away from the NFL starting. We've, we're already in... Uh, approaching week three of college football, you're approaching week four of high school football. Yep. So, like, yeah, it may be a million degrees out, but summer's over for all practical purposes. Well, when I heard, we were, I was listening to the forecast today, and I heard it's not even going to get out of the 60s on Thursday. I was like, now we're talking fall. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I, I I could still do with some mid 70s days oh, for the for next sure. four to six weeks, but um, I, I I'm. I'm over this 95 stuff. (laughs) 
Got to get out for some fall golf yeah. uh, as well when the temperatures are a little bit more bearable. For All sure. right. So we got Packers and Bears. Great way to start. Uh, and I think they're the last game of the season as well. So bookends. This one's in Chicago. Uh, it's Fields against Love. Where are you at? How's the preseason rolling into week one? What's your mindset here? Well, the preseason, as I say, summer flew by. The preseason feels like it was three months ago. Like, I barely remember watching any of it. Fields didn't play that much. I didn't get to see any of the last preseason game. So, I don't really know where I sit with this team going into week one. Um, Hopeful, you know, hopeful that they're going to uh, be significantly improved from last year. Not hopeful enough to pick them to make the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll keep, you know, I don't want to keep anybody in suspense for our picks, but the Bears will not be in my playoff picks. But, you know, doubling the win total, getting into that 6-7 win range, I think is reasonable. Um, do we like do we like this as a week one matchup? Like, is this, as, just as general football fans? I'd rather have, I'd rather have it be in the first half and in the second half. Uh, I don't mind wrapping the season with it because as I think with a lot of like college football and other stuff, I think there should be rivalry games near the end of the season. When think, Yeah, every last, I think like the last two weeks of the season should just be division games, if if possible. I know the schedule doesn't necessarily work out that way with the math, but um, I don't know. I, I just, Bears-Packer games when it's sunny and 75 in September. Not what it should be. That's not what. That's not how my brain works. But I also don't want them playing two times in three weeks. Right, for sure. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, we just saw them, and now that's that's the series. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So I, th- there needs to be some medium there, I think. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, obviously as a Bear fan, the number one thing you're looking at is fields. And, you know, is there progression? How much does the improved weapons um help his progression going forward. Um, you know, does the offense look more cohesive in year two under Getze? Um I'm very concerned about the Bears defense. Uh, I, I think that a lot of the onus, you know, and when you, when you have a, a quarterback like Fields that's your franchise guy, obviously more people are going to talk about your offense, but I feel like this defense – there's not enough concern about it. It's very young. They have virtually no experience on the D line. They signed Ngakwe, but you know he's kind of at the end of the end of the road here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the linebackers have potential to be pretty good, and the secondary has potential to be pretty good. But we all know football starts up front, and you can be you can have the greatest corners and safeties in the world, but if if these quarterbacks got five six seconds to throw the ball, they're just going to pick you apart. It doesn't matter. So that that's a concern. Um, you know, Fields versus Love, this is going to be the first of what I think both fan bases hope is a long, sustained rivalry. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it the other day, and I, you know, I don't really like to do the whole social justice type thing, but got to be the first time Bear Packer games ever had two black quarterbacks. Oh. Got to be? Has to be. Has to be, right? 
because the only black quarterback in my life that I can remember the Packers starting was like the one game of Seneca Wallace and maybe a game, maybe a game with uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Maybe. That sounds right. But I don't think either of them were against the Bears, and the Bears weren't starting a black quarterback at the time. No, we had Vince Young for a time, but that— I don't think he ever started. I, I, I don't think so either. So, yeah, this is this has got to be in the long 100-year rivalry, the first time that's ever happened. That's I'm sure that'll get brought up on sure. Sunday. It'll be notable from some— From somebody. Some somebody. Yep. Um, but I don't know. I mean, where, where are you at with, with the Packers at this point? The, and we we didn't even touch on the Jonathan Taylor thing, right? Uh, with with Green Bay, which we don't have to because it's a it's nothing. Kind of weird, a little weird, a little bit, a little bit that they that they were even in the mix. For, I mean, I get it; he's a hell of a player, mm-hmm. but it, a position of strength. I thought it was just interesting considering where Dylan. To me, it's not as telling as as acquiring uh, an All Pro running back as. You've got these two guys who you were supposed to lean on, and now you're basically saying, "Well, what, like, what's the message that you're sending by bringing in this other guy?" Which, to me, and and I've kind of felt this all along, and I've I've said it with with the contract and the stuff that what I've read, the Dylan thing, not so much because I thought that Lafleur was going to hitch his wagon to AJ Dylan. I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah. And I don't think Jones is going to be on the team anymore, considering he took a $5 million pay cut just to be on the roster this year. They could have gotten rid of him. Right. So it's like, now you bring in this guy, we'll sign him into a long-term deal, and that basically says Jones and Dylan next year are gone. And maybe that's going to happen. Maybe they try, since that didn't work, they go another route or they keep him. I don't know. Um, I'm... You read all the time about how hard it is to be a rookie tight end and be successful. But the but the more I see from these guys, the more excited I go. It kind of takes me back seeing them over the middle and stretching the defense in the field and away from the receivers. It's like, there are going to be matchup problems. There are. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that and how it's kind of maybe going to offset the fact that there's so much youth at the receiver position. Uh, for Green Bay, and it might take some attention away from from Watson's big playability. Maybe Dobbs turns into that next possession-y receiver, you know, that that, that Green Bay has. I, I don't know how often they're going to run the ball or how successfully. Um, they've got another offensive line where it just seems like it's plug-and-play, and I don't know how they keep doing this. It's amazing. But they do. Yeah. They, they draft the guys that are versatile, and they can just put them anywhere, and they seem to be okay. Um, you know, the depth past the backups – might be a little bit of an issue, but I think you're good for your at least top seven, maybe top eight linemen. Um, defensively, who are you, Joe Barry? I mean, I don't know. Because half the season you're a top ten defense, half the season you're a bottom ten defense. I don't know. And the personnel hasn't changed all that much. I, I don't think you're going to see much of Van Ness. Um you know, but Gary was very slow coming on in the two years, and now he's like, well, we just lost the best guy on our defense last year when he tore his ACL. So it's like, well, that that kind of materialized, so maybe we have to wait a while for Van Ness. I don't know. Um, safety position might be an issue. The corners should be good. I don't know when Stokes is coming back. I mean, he had two injuries at the same time, and he's on the pup list. Um, defensive line is okay. I mean, you got Clark, but who else are you surrounding him with? 
So defense is kind of like you. I, I, I don't know. They should be good, though. Their defense should be good. I mean, they've got they've invested major draft capital into that defense. So, I mean, if they're not good, who does it fall on? Does it fall on the players? Does it fall on the coordinator in the scheme? I don't know. Yeah. But that seems like we've we've been over that with the caper system and what finally led them to getting rid of him. Isn't it kind of funny? I was thinking about this when, when I was – making out my predictions and, and, and thinking about the Packers because it's a it's a tough team to f- kind of figure out where you see them falling this year. And you look at their schedule and you're like, well, they could go 10-7, and 11-6, and 10-7 if, if things go their way. But it's like, well, Jordan Love is probably going to have three to four stinkers. Right, sure. and it's it's not. This isn't a Jordan Love thing. This is a basically a rookie quarterback, first time as the guy, unproven people around you on that side of the ball. You're probably going to have a couple games where you throw three picks or you fumble twice or you you, you just look bad. Right, right. So it's hard to kind of gauge that. And football, more than any other sport, it's hard to look year. It's hard to look at last year and project to this year. But think about this. Aaron Rodgers was awful in the two Lion games last year. They win those games, even just one of them. One. Let's say you win both of them, and you end up 10-7 and seven last year, and you make the playoffs, and, you know, maybe you win a game. You're not, you wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl. Maybe you win a game, maybe you lose. I feel like we'd all feel a lot different about the Packers this year if you were just if you were plugging Jordan Love into that team that won the North and made the playoffs, as opposed to where we sit today, right? And that has nothing to do with Jordan Love, no. And it really doesn't even have anything to do with the majority of the existing roster. Your quarterback was bad in those two games, so I I don't know. It's walking into this, I'm like, God, the Bears at home, they should win. I think they're favored by a point and a half. It's it's real close. But this Packers team's got a lot of talent still on their roster. And that Bear defense, man, I, I I'm nervous. <laughs> I, I I they play Kansas City, I think, in week three. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't like that matchup. That, that, that that's like a that's like a forty to ten kind of a game to me. This is one of those games that I can kind of see Justin Fields doing his best Alvin Kamara and running circles around defenders and making Joe Barry look silly. And I would not doubt it if he has a line something to the effect of 85 to 90 yards passing and 180 yards rushing. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. That that wouldn't surprise me because these are the games or the teams that you look at the Packers and it's like they're just going to be befuddled and they're going to make no halftime adjustments and you're just going to be like, how is this guy doing this yeah. against us? And and honestly, I agree with you. That's very possible. And, and that might even lead to a Bears win, but that's not really how I want the Bears to play football I any, anymore. Completely. You know what I mean? I, I get it. That's not how yeah. you should win no. games. Uh-uh. But – when it's when you're playing, that's just the shit that type that just happens when I'm watching or when we're watching the team. It's like the weirdest stuff happens. It's like so unconventional, but yet it makes Green Bay just look silly. 
And you're like, boy, this is awful. Look at what it I means. Well, you watch those kind of games and you go, oh, yeah, that's what happens when you never tackle in practice. You don't know how to tackle in the game. I mean, so uh, I'm still going with Green Bay. Um, I don't know what this it's going to be. It'll be close. I it's think gonna it's going to be less than a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be close. You know, unless somebody turns the ball over four times, which could happen. And I will say the kicker is going to. I think he's going to win the team a game, and he might lose them a game as well when it comes to crunch time. I think he's going to come through for one, and I think he's going to be blowing one, where it it's not going to be easy, but it's you have a chance to win, and and you don't because. He's a rookie, and he struggled in camp in the preseason. I just think that's we're going to get, until he gets established, the ebbs and the flows of that position. I just do. And special teams has a way of costing the Packers. I know that Basaccia is, is the dude, but if you've been watching the Packers for the last few years and seen these coordinators come and go, it's like, I know there's short-term memory, but when something goes bad, it's like, oh, here we go, special teams again. You know that kind of thing, and I, I, I just think they're going to be, they're going to be a couple of those games, I think, for what it's worth. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's the late game. Yep. On Fox, you know, three thirty. So your favorite. That'll be. Uh, I'm okay with the three thirty. Okay. I just, you know, it's those. You just don't it's like those, the night games. It's those night games that okay. drive me nuts. All right. But uh, yeah, should be fun. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Some of the other weeks of matchups. Thursday. That's kind of an unconventional one. Weird matchup. Right? To open the season? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, the NFL just, they bought all the possible tickets they could to hop on that Lion hype train. Are we really expecting this much from Detroit this year? Uh, I don't know whether I'm all in on that. Because they won some games down the stretch that didn't matter to yeah. most of the teams they were playing? I mean, And now we've started the hype train early? I don't know. Uh, I think this, I think, especially at Kansas City, I don't think Detroit's ready for this yet, and I think that this might be a route. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it would be hilarious if they went in and won. Of course, because then the then the hype train oh, would be like, like it, would, it would be a rocket yes, ship, exactly. And then everybody, then we'd have to hear the inevitable, you know, what's wrong with Kansas City? But I I would be shocked if on ring night, home opener. No, they're just, not losing. I, I don't see it. They're not losing. Um. I've read some things that Atlanta should finish above 500. Barely. I, I don't know, but this this is one of my games probably for the week, just looking at the schedule, that is uh, not the best game to watch. I mean, one of the two worst divisions in football. Right. The, a- the NFC South along with the a- a- AFC a- South. I mean, Carolina, rookie quarterback, um, Stroud against Desmond Ritter. Basically, a rookie quarterback. Um, I I, I kind of like Atlanta. They got talent. I think they got some interesting options with Bijan Robinson and Algier and and uh, Cordero, so they can do some stuff out of the backfield. But I don't know. I mean, the Carolina has the potential to be the worst team in the NFC. And right. I, I mean, I don't know Atlanta. I just I don't I don't see them beating anybody any good. I'm I'm writing both of these teams off. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, um, you know, they're not going to win more than a half a dozen games between them, maybe seven, eight, mm-hmm. possibly. I, I don't know. Um, battle for Ohio is Cincy and Cleveland. I, I mean, I, I still think Cincinnati rules that division. I, I'm waiting for Cleveland to go. 
and we'll go and go, and I think we've said that. Now, you think they're on a good direction, and then they go in a different direction. I don't know if they're going to go. Cincinnati has owned the division, but Cleveland has owned Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, must win week one game for Cleveland? <laughs> I mean, no, really, though. Like, Do they like this as little as we like Packers-Bears? Probably. Probably. As far as when it's taking yeah, place? Yeah, it's a little too early. But, like, I mean, you got to think about it from Cleveland. This is an opportunity to beat the best team in your division, and, you, and you're at home, and you kind of got to get – I think you kind of got to realize what the hell is Deshaun Watson anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, is he still an upper echelon quarterback, or is he now permanently in that mid-tier? And this could be a huge game for Cleveland – in what is a bear of a division, I think all four of those teams are pretty good. Um, I don't know this. This is a this is a really big. I think a much bigger game for Cleveland than Cincinnati. We saw Cincinnati start zero and two last year, still make the conference championship game. Don't really know the health of Joe Burrow coming off of that. What was a calf strain he had mm-hmm. in, in the preseason? Yep. Sounds like he's gonna play, but you know, is he a hundred percent? Is he ninety percent? Don't know. Um, Jacksonville and Indy, um, another rookie quarterback Yep, in, with Richardson on, on Indy. I, this to me, I, Indianapolis, Got a ways I to. think they're going to be right there with Houston is maybe the worst team in the AFC. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping Jacksonville can do something this year. I'm tired of that organization, um, underperforming and underachieving for all the high draft picks and money that they spend in free agency. They just don't do anything. And their fans apparently don't love them enough, and I don't know whether they get paid to go to London to play two of their home games every year. I I don't know, but it's like that's one team. It's kind of like Cleveland where it's like, okay, go. Yeah. Go. Right. But If, they, if it's going to happen, it's got to happen. It's got to start happening. Yeah. So, I, well, and, and I, as, I mean, I think that's a good week one win probably. And as football fans – I, I think we both just, like, I would love to see Trevor Lawrence become a star. Yeah. Like, yeah. the more good players we have, the better the games. And you'd love to, And, you know, they went out and they got Ridley to be his number one guy after Ridley being suspended last year, and that's a big get for them. So we'll, I, a lot of people have some high hopes for the Jags this year. What was a uh, NFC Central matchup is now just a regular conference matchup with the Buccaneers and the Vikings. Are boy, Tampa's Tampa's yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say they're bad. Their their quarterback situation's terrible. Right. I mean, they still got Evans. You still got Godwin. I think they still got uh, some decent running backs. But I mean, Baker Mayfield. This is fourth team in like a year. I don't know if this Vikings coach is going to be be the guy. I, I'm having a hard time deciding between Minnesota and Detroit for the division. I think as good as, like you had mentioned, the AFC North is with all those teams, I'm thinking that everybody in the NFC North is not as good, but they're going to be just as close. I agree. You know, just a couple of games over 500, and they're, one's going to edge one out by a game. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know whether that's Minnesota or Detroit at this point. I'm leaning towards the Vikings, but I'm not sure. I like the spot the Vikings are in. They're really under the radar. 
Kind of. Yeah. You know, everybody's, you know, what's Fields going to do? What's Love going to do? This is Detroit's turn. Nobody's really talking about Minnesota. Mm -mm. It's a good spot for them. Except that this is Cousins' last year maybe there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Tennessee and New Orleans. Um, I I don't know what to make of either of these teams. I I, I really don't. I don't think any of them are going to be in the picture at the end. Well, I think we'll find out early on with the Saints. Tennessee. Is Derek Carr washed? Okay. I think that's the number one thing you gotta you gotta figure out early on if you're them. And with Tennessee, like they're kind of caught in the middle here. Of uh, are we still competing to try to make a Super Bowl while also kind of rebuilding? We draft Levis at quarterback. Tannehill's probably not our long term guy. Derrick Henry's got a ton of miles on him. They got a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. It's hard to count them out, right? Right. I mean, even in that division, you're like, yeah, if they're if they're sitting at eight and eight, you know, going into the last week of the season with a chance to make the playoffs, I don't think anybody'd be shocked. Or nine and seven, you know sure. what I'm saying? I'll go with that. Um, as much as I think Pittsburgh might step forward a little bit this year, I don't think they're beating San Francisco. But I am I a big believer that team with the quarterback situation. I just don't under. I, have you seen a bigger roller coaster of who's playing quarterback and who they're going to invest in, and now they're hitching their wagons to some guy who won a ton of games but is unheralded? I I don't know. It's just wild. To Not me. for a team that's been any good, right? You know, right? I can understand if you're going to win half a dozen games yeah. and you got to go through all that, but to win the amount of games that they have and still do that, that's kind of impressive. Well, I don't even know if. I don't even really know how healthy Brock Purdy is. Right. I mean, he's coming off of that UCL injury um, that he suffered in the playoffs last year, and he didn't play at all in the preseason. So he's going to be walking out on Sunday against a, a Steeler team and a defense led by T.J. Watt that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. It was pretty damn good last year, and he missed seven games. So right. that that's that's probably one of the better week one uh matchups that we have uh arizona at washington uh commanders are going to be no good i'm glad that they have new ownership cardinals might be the worst team in the nfl yeah they're gonna be bad they're gonna be really this is it this is also this and the carolina atlanta game um looking through is probably my probably the worst two games of the opening week and the next one's Uh, gonna be pretty bad too oh yeah houston well i don't know raiders in denver or houston baltimore Uh, baltimore's at least Baltimore should be, be good, okay. but, yeah, Houston's going to stink. They're going to be bad. I have a feeling that Bryce Young is going to be lucky to play a full season. I think that I think he's going to find Get out. Himself I think he's going to find out a lot of the things that Kyler Murray found out. It's tough being <laughs> a five foot eleven NFL quarterback. Um, I don't know anything about Washington, nor do I really care. No, no. Um, Sam Howell's getting the got the job at quarterback. We'll see if if there's magic in a or lightning in a bottle there, but. <laughs> You know, be enemy, new coordinator, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, Texans and the Ravens. Uh, Houston's not going to be very good, and Baltimore is, again, in that division where, again, take your pick who's going to win. I think you could have an argument for almost every team Yeah, yep. in there. Um, Raiders and Broncos, going to get to see a bounce back in Denver? Are we in for – I feel bad, but yet I also want to kind of see the chaos if – it repeats itself. They'll be better just because of Sean Payton. Okay, I think the upgraded head coach is massive. Okay, um, I, I you know I don't 
I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be better. And I think the Raiders are going to stink. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's okay. He won't play more than 12 games. Right. Um, I think we're going to be walking into December looking at the Raiders going, they're them along with like an Arizona and a couple other teams are going to be vying for that number one pick to draft uh, the kid out of USC. Philly and New England. Um, tough opener for Philly. Yeah. I don't know how good the Patriots are going to be. That division outside of Buffalo, that next spot, I'm not really sure. I think the I think you could, again, make an argument for either the Jets, the Patriots, or the Dolphins. People seem really high in Miami. The Jets have just the attention. I don't know that I'm there with them. I don't know. I, I like the Patriots' defense a lot. Okay. It was good last year. Um, I mean... For all the shit that they took last year and Mac Jones took, and I, I heard somebody saying it today, they had the worst coordinators in football. They had a defensive coordinator calling their offensive plays. They fixed that. They had a quarterback who they gave no help, and I think they fixed that a little bit. And they had, like, the worst loss I've ever seen in football in the last <laughs> Uh, game of the season last year when they had that stupid lateral. Remember they threw it and Chandler Jones mm-hmm. caught it and he mowed over Mac Jones and ran in for the touchdown. Like, and they they still went eight and nine with all that happening. So okay, you know there's there's a chance there. I just think they're it's gonna be a, it's gonna be really tough for Philly to go in and win this. I think in week one, I, I like the upset here. I like New England at home. All right, your Chargers are hosting the Dolphins. Big game for both teams I to start say, off for sure. Um, and you know, relatively healthy on both sides, you know, no, no excuses because both of these teams have a lot of injury excuses. So this should be a fun, a fun one. Unfortunately, I won't get to watch any of it cause I'll be watching the bear Packer game at right. the same time. Yep. But, um, you know, half my fantasy roster ended up being on the Chargers, So <laughs> we'll see how badly that screws me over. Uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. I don't know how good LA is going to be. I don't think very, but I don't think, I think the the, the honeymoon stage for the Seahawks is done. I think they go back. You do? I don't think they go forward. Okay. I think last year was a very dartling season for them, and I think that crashes back to reality this year. Okay. Just just my gut feeling. Yeah, the Rams are the Rams are they're they're like um I don't know. They're like the Rolling Stones. They're like this old band with these old stars. That we all remember how good they were a couple of years ago. We all remember them fondly. But Stafford's coming off a major injury. He's old. Aaron Donald's got a lot of miles on him. He I don't even know if he's 100% in into playing. He's talked about retiring. Cooper Cup is up there. He's taken a lot of blows and he's had a bad injury. All the time. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that team. Seattle's going to win this game. I just don't know how many... They're going to win on the season. That's yeah, all. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Um, Sunday night football is Dallas and the Giants. Great great game to open Sunday night football. Good division game. Yeah. Um, I, I Both teams, I, I think, are going to be pretty good. I love seeing the Dallas uh, complex of people freaking out about, you know, what the future of the team is. There's no other team, even the Bears and the Vikings, that I enjoy more of – 
uh, the fan base kind of freaking out about. You got a little Schadenfreude with the uh, with the Cowboys. A little, yeah. little, you know, you're, you you enjoy their pain. Previous, you, you, you kind of like to see them squirm. Little, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I also am not. I don't. I still think Dallas probably could go in there and win this. Yeah, it's just hard to back any team that Daniel Jones is the quarterback of. Right, it just is. I think they got a hell of a coach. I think they got one of the best running backs in football. They got some nice players on defense, but you know, it's like we talked about earlier. It, can you win a game in the clutch? You know, can Daniel Jones drive the ball seventy-five yards for a touchdown on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys? I don't see it. Right, I just don't see it. Uh, and Buffalo and the Jets. Boy, I know you'll be eyes glued. I actually will to the TV set for this one. I will. Uh, I'm not rooting against the Jets. I'm not rooting against Rodgers. I. J- I mean, I know they have a good defense. I know they've gotten out and gone out and gotten a lot of guys that that Rodgers likes, and I know they're talking about. I mean, mentioning the Super Bowl to me is laughable. I just think it is, um, especially given how he played with the Packers, and maybe that might be his mindset. Maybe that might be the youth. Maybe that uh, he may turn it around and get it into you know fuck you mode. I he can do that. Maybe he still got that in him. I don't know, but. I just, uh, I just don't think they're doing anything this year. I, I, they might make the playoffs as a wild card. They're not winning the division, um, and I don't know that they're going to win this one at home against Buffalo. That's still uh, the Bills' division. It just is. This is a monster game for the Jets because if you look at the first eight weeks of their schedule, it's brutal. It's brutal, and. To be able to win, you, you got to win a home game against the top team in your division if you plan on supplanting them, doing anything. Yes. So this is a monster game for them in a lot of ways. Um, we know Randall Cobb will be ready to go because apparently he's just blindside blocking the shit out of everybody and getting fined for it. What 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 is that? I don't know. Um, I I don't know, man. I I like this, it when Rogers admits, like Cobb. Yeah. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? This Jets team's weird. They got a really good defense, but if you look at who they beat last year, the quarterbacks, they beat like six backup quarterbacks. They beat on they beat up on the weak teams. So is that where you made your name for this good defense right. on those guys? Right. You've got like their fifth best defensive player came out today and said they have a chance to be the 85 Bears of the Legion of Boom. It's like sit down. What? S- sit down, dude. R- sit down. <laughs> Why? Yeah, sit down. Okay. Like if Sauce Gardner or or what is it, Quinn and Williams, I yeah. think. If, if the, one of those guys says it, okay. The guy that said it, I don't even know who you are. Rogers, sit down. Roger's talking to the yeah. D-line. Yeah, I, yeah. Know I don't are. even know who you are. Sit down, shut up. But another great primetime game yeah. in, in week one that's oh. gonna have, that, that does have big implications. I don't know if it's going to be a good game. But it matters. It matters a lot. Right, yeah. and, and there's at least some hype train to get you in on it. Yep. Um. All right, I gotta I gotta assemble my wild card picks. So why don't you go with yeah. your predictions first? Then I'll I'll listen. I'll make some notes as I go along. All right, we'll start in the NFC, and this was pretty easy. I thought. Okay. My four division winners: Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota, Seattle. Okay. All and. Right. The 49er quarterback situation, 
I'm not so I'm just not sold on it. I anybody that believes that Brock Purdy is going to play as well as he did last year, that's highly unlikely. And his health is an issue and their backup quarterback situation with Sam Darnold is a, is a huge issue. Now, I just think Seattle has more talent than they've had in the last couple of years. I don't know that they necessarily have more talent than the Niners, but I just it's crazy it is to say, I trust Geno Smith and Pete Carroll more than I trust Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. I just do. Take out the second half of that statement, and you're sober saying the first part of that statement. Yeah. You trust Geno Smith and Pete Carroll. Yeah, I do. That's where we are right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, You know, New Orleans, as I, you know, again, it, it all hinges on Carr. If Carr's washed, they're not winning the division. If he's competent, I think they just... I think they're the best of a crappy lot. Okay. And and I, I I look at Minnesota and I go, okay, who of these four teams has the best quarterback in the division now? The Vikings do. Yes. Who of these four teams has the best non-quarterback in the division? The Vikings do. Justin Jefferson. Yes. So if I'm just looking at that and I don't I don't see any of the other three teams having like this massive coaching advantage, mm-hmm. I I, I got to go with Minnesota. They went okay. they went thirteen and four last year. They won a lot of close games, but I have a hard time believing that they're that losing Dalvin Cook is going to relegate them to go from thirteen wins to like seven. Okay, so I'm I'm going That's with fair. I'm going with them to win the North, and then my three wild cards. I have Philly, who I think is going to be awesome again. They're just not going to win the East. San Francisco, who, again, I think is going to be really good, but just not win their division. Okay. And then I I did settle on Detroit as the seventh seed, kind of right there with the Giants. Okay. Um, you know, if things fall right, maybe the Packers could be in the mix there, but um, those are my seven NFC teams. My AFC, I still have Buffalo winning the, the East. Kansas City obviously went in the West. Jacksonville went in the South. This was the toughest one at AFC North. Right. Um, I ended up with Baltimore. And the reason why I did was when Lamar Jackson has been healthy, love him or hate him, they win. And I'm just talking regular season. This sure. has nothing to do with the playoffs. When Lamar Jackson has been healthy in the regular season the last three years, Baltimore almost never loses. And they got him a little help. I'm banking on him being healthy. I got him winning a division. Cincinnati, again, kind of like Philadelphia. They're going to be awesome. I just don't have him winning the division. Here's where it gets a little hairy (laughs) at the back end of the AFC because there's a lot of teams that could claim it. You've got the Chargers. You've got Pittsburgh. You've got Miami. You've got the Jets. Um, you could even throw Tennessee in the mix. I'm going with the Chargers. <laughs> of course, I like you the are. talent, and I like the addition of Kellen Moore as the OC. Okay. I'm going with the Jets huh. to make the playoffs. All right. Um, I just don't trust Tua's health. I think that's fair. I I think Miami. I think I think all things being equal, if everybody stays healthy, I think you got to put Miami over the Jets. 
but I don't see any reason why anybody should believe that Tua is going to be able to play 17 games. Uh, even if he takes a bad hit that isn't a concussion, I feel like everyone with him is going to err on the side of caution to the point of he will get taken out of a game or he will have to sit a game because of his prior issues, and I, I think that that's going to be a problem. Um I got Dallas winning the NFC, beating Philly in the conference championship game. I got Kansas City beating Cincinnati again in the AFC championship game. And I got Kansas City beating Dallas in the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, it's going all the way. I, I really think Dallas is really good. Okay. Um, it, you know, can McCarthy kind of stay out of the way? Right. With some of this, because he's going to be calling a lot of plays, and can Dak cut down on some of the silly mistakes that he's made? But you got Dallas is, to me. Dallas's defense is absolutely loaded. They probably are going to have the best defensive football, and they got a lot of talent on the skill position side. So I like Dallas, but it's just hard to pick pick anybody over Kansas City right now to win the Super Bowl. All right, I haven't gone through. The, the conference champions of the Super Bowl or the, the conference championships, but I'll, I'll just make those right now just based on what I see. Uh, I'll, I'll end with the NFC. I'll start with the AFC. Uh, it's still Buffalo's division uh, in the East. Uh, I got the Bengals winning the North, the Jaguars winning the South, and the Chiefs winning the West. My wild cards are the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Jets barely get in. That's gonna be. That's gonna be that, like you said, very hairy. That last or last two wild card spots. That's gonna be tough. You could probably rotate five teams that could be fighting for that those last two wild card spots. The team I had the hardest time keeping out of the playoffs in the AFC was was Pittsburgh. But it's just it's hard for me to see in the AFC. Three teams in one division getting in. I was, we had that last year in the NFC, but the NFC was weak. Right. The AFC is loaded, and I mean, everybody would basically have to go one and one against everybody else in right. the division for that to happen. Right. That's tough. Um. So that's where I stand on those. My division winners in the NFC: Dallas wins the East. I'm going to have the Lions barely edging the Vikings. So I'm I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. But I just don't know whether Minnesota's as good as people That's think. Fair. I think Detroit is on the rise, but I also think Minnesota takes a step down. Detroit's um, defense worries me. That was bad last year. Yeah, it was and bad. I, I, and maybe you know, in in those turf games, maybe the Vikings carve them up a little bit. But I also think Detroit can beat the Packers twice, and I also think they can beat the Bears twice. Yep. So I think those are four division wins that'll put you right there. Mm-hmm. Um. The Saints are are going to win a really really bad division. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, I have winning the West because I just don't think Seattle is going to do it again uh, very much. I have them squeezing in as the last wild card team. I have the Minnesota Vikings winning a wild card spot and the Eagles winning a wild card spot um, in the AFC Championship game. Man, um, I mean, I would I would love to see. A Buffalo, Kansas City, a Cincinnati, Kansas City, or a Buffalo, Cincinnati. I think either any of those three could play any which. Um, but I'd I, love to see Buffalo, Cincinnati. I'd love to have Kansas City not be there. But it's like that. It's we said that for 
15 years with the Patriots. But you can't, like you had mentioned, you can't you can't count the Chiefs out. I, you, you just can't. So I'll put them in. I like your Dallas pick, but I can't go with it. Um, Going Super Bowl rematch? No, I'm going to, yeah. Man, I'd, I'd love to not go there. But I think I just can't pick the Cowboys. And, you know, that NFC Championship game for, for those years with the Cowboys and the Niners, it feels like you've got some of that yesteryear coming back, even though it's very unconventional the way that San Francisco's doing it with, with what they've dealt with at the quarterback spot. But I'm going to go Niners, Chiefs, and the Chiefs winning. Okay, I just am. I, I, can't, I can't talk myself into anybody else beating Dallas or San Francisco, so you wind up with those two teams, and I can't put the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. So we basically got the same teams in the playoffs. It's just they're a little moved around. Did, yeah, did, did, you uh, know. different division winners. Yeah, yeah for sure. Do you have a – I'm putting you on the spot here. Do you have a, an early MVP favorite or dark horse favorite? No, because I haven't I, – with all the high school stuff and the and the whitewater stuff that I've been doing, I haven't really – I haven't read as much as I used to about the NFL. You know, I've been pretty much sticking to the Packers and the, and the, the division. Do you? Well, if if Dallas has the year that I think they could have, I think it's very reasonable that Dak Prescott's going to be in that conversation. And the, and the other guy I think that's going to be in the conversation, Lamar. Okay. I, I just think he – He's going to put numbers up. Mm-hmm. Now, Mahomes will probably win it because Kansas City will probably go 15-2. and two. Right, and then that's an easy and, one. And that's just an easy one to do, and he's kind of in that that Jordan-LeBron-Manning-Rodgers mode where it's kind of like you kind of have to beat him out. Right. He doesn't necessarily have to win it. You kind of have to beat him out. I agree. Um, no, I, I just don't mm. – it's hard for me to think of Dak as an NFL I MVP. I know. It just is. I know. But, you know, they go 14-3, and three, win the East, and he throws for 4,200 yards and 35 touchdowns. Y- y- you, you could make a case. You can't help it. Yep. I get it. It's just hard to connect those dots in my brain. Yeah. It just is. I get it. Um, so... I, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching some football. I'm, I'm going to have very little downtime. Uh, during the fall with, with all the stuff that we're doing. But I, I there's nothing better than NFL Sundays. I, I love agree. it. I, I love NFL Sundays. So, Packers and Bears. We got two networks of honor stations. CLO does the Bears. Uh, JVL does the Packers. I think that's cool mm-hmm. that, that you can hear both broadcasts uh, in, in, in one city. So absolutely. Anything else on the NFL? No, let's, let's buzz through some college okay. football quick. Cause we got a bunch to get to a lot to get to. Yeah. I can't be here all afternoon. Yeah. College football badgers and Buffalo. I didn't, as you, we were talking about, uh, before we started recording, we were doing whitewater. We were in uh, Cleveland. I didn't see any of the game against Buffalo. I, I, I was watching on Twitter. What people were saying. Some were at the game. Some were not, some were covering them. Um, but it didn't sound like, it was very impressive at all. Uh, the air raid thing didn't really come to fruition because Malusi and Allen ran for over 300 yards combined. Um, and maybe the thought of stretching that out has now given them a better opportunity to run the ball. And Longo actually said, it's like, we're, we're not going to necessarily throw the ball 50 times a game, but it's going to give us an opportunity to be more effective running the ball. And they got two damn good running backs. They do. So that's fine. But, 
when you are advertising this as this is what you're doing and you've got all these receivers and you've got a quarterback that came for throwing thousands of yards, you kind of expect against a team like Buffalo to be a little bit better than what you put out there. That's all I think. Yeah, it was it wasn't a very impressive showing. Um you know, number one, can somebody get Luke Fickle a short sleeve shirt? There, there is a thing called polo shirts. You should try it when it's ninety five out. Um, you know, the running backs are really good. They got Braylon Allen is a beast. He's a stud, and and Malusi is a really, really good college backup running back. He's as good as probably damn near any backup running back in the country. He could probably go start for any. I think number he had of a ninety yard yeah. touchdown run early in the game. Um, the defense was not good. It was not good. Um, Buffalo was able to move the ball up and down the field via the pass pretty easily the first half of the game. Um, second half, the game kind of slowed down the Badger run game. You know, how it's the same playbook. The the, the, the big heavies eventually kind of wear down the smaller, you know, one double A level Buffalo school. They just don't have the horses. And that's kind of what played out in the second half. But... You know, that quarterback was, uh, he had been at Rutgers, um, so he was competent, and he looked like a decent college quarterback, but, you know, you're going to play six guys better than him right? as the year goes on. So some concerns there for sure. Um, Tanner Mordecai, uh, you know, okay, uh, very Graham Mertzy to me. The announcers during the game um, were quite, critical and brought up several times he gets himself in a lot of trouble because he's got happy feet um a lot of off balance throws some risky throws um panicky throws so that's something to watch as the competition gets better as the year goes on eight and four nine and three maybe i haven't looked real carefully at their schedule but this is this is a Mid-tier Big Ten team, especially the Big Ten that is going to be going forward with the teams that are going to be coming in. This is why I said a couple weeks ago, I think this expansion is bad for the Badgers. I just do. I think the bigger the conference gets, the harder it's going to be for them to compete. Okay. And, um, you know, Fickle's had some nice recruiting classes, so we'll see. Um, or a nice recruiting class, I should right. say. But um, right now, this team is currently constructed eh, eh, four, three, four loss team, I think. I don't know who they're going to lose to in the Big Ten other than Ohio State, and maybe you pick Iowa or Minnesota, but Minnesota was very, very not great in its opening game, and Iowa always looks very uh But pl- you know how the, ba- but the Badgers always give one I up know. to somebody. I know, and, and I've looked at the schedule, and even being a Homer-ish type guy for the Badgers and a fan – I just don't see them losing more than two games. I just don't. Um, now, granted, they might not have shown anything here. You got Washington State. I think Wisconsin's favored by like two and a half or three going out there. So it's a wa- uh, you know, it's a wash. Um, I, and then you got Georgia Southern. That won't tell you no, anything, no. you know. And then I and I can't. I think the Big Ten season kicks off with Purdue on a Friday night. Your um, favorite. Dude. But I just, I didn't want to overreact from what people were saying in the scrimmage. 
because it was a scrimmage. The conditions were bad. Mordecai threw something like five picks or something like that. And you're like, okay, that's the spring. They have months to go. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. So I expect you're going to come out and you're going to beat Buffalo by 40. Something like that. You're, this dude's going to throw for five touchdowns instead of interceptions. He's going to throw for 350, 400 yards. It's like what Mertz did to Illinois when we were all ready to mm-hmm. anoint him in the Heisman discussion to mm-hmm. open the season. And instead, it's like, okay, you won by three touchdowns, but was it really that impressive? No. Should have been more. Mm-hmm. And you, your guy didn't And look. it was a competitive game yeah. for a little more than a half. So, yeah, maybe you're a little nervous, and I'm not sure the – Non-conference season is going to tell you much. If they go out and they get blasted by Washington State, I think there's a problem. Um, because, yeah, you might come back and you know beat the daylights out of Georgia Southern at your own place, but then you got to play Purdue on the road. And I know they've beaten Purdue a million years in a row, um, but Purdue is one of those teams that is waiting to take that next step. And that might start with Wisconsin. So, I don't know. Um, I'd love to talk more about this in-stadium experience. I know we're already pushing an hour. we got a lot more to go. I haven't. I don't think I went to a Badger game last year. I think I went to one before. I'd like, because now with the Whitewater stuff, I just can't get there. And on our bye week, they seem to be always away. Um, the trend that this is going for Wisconsin sports, I saw it in women's basketball when, when I took the family there to a game. I, I hear about it at men's basketball games. Now it's translated to football. The DJ party-like atmosphere in the stadium that takes the crowd and the band completely out of it. You can't hear what the DJ is saying that's constantly talking. The music is at very odd times. It They're wanting to turn this stadium experience into something that takes away from what college football home environments should be. Does that make any sense? Sure, absolutely. Maybe I'm doing it's a more poor pro, job. It's more like the pros. There's no bands in the pro games. No. They just playing shit over the PA. And what I mean, and not that there's a problem with this because I realize that's what this is. What it said to me when I read it was, "This is an NBA game. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the crowds don't really get into it unless there's a string of points or some turnovers and dunks and like there's momentum and momentum and whatever. And somebody's got to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. But there's constant music all over the crowd when both teams have the ball." And there's all these sound effects and things, and there's chants and stuff like that. But it's all, it's all manufactured, and that's what I got from the people that were there at this. That hmm. it's like we're not relying on you guys anymore to make the noise. We're going to take care of it ourselves. But it seems fake. Well, a lot of it probably goes back to the students not showing up until a quarter and a half into the game. And, and, and be, I know there was some talk yeah. about that this week. And that might be legitimate. Yep. Um, but I, we want our guys to run out to a full sounding stadium. For sure, I get that. Yeah, you 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 want the hype train from the moment you hit the field. Yep, I get that. And if and if the fans and the and the students aren't going to help you do it, we got to find a way to do it. Right. Um. But I just I think there's a way you can do it and do it well. And I'm not sure that's the road that they're going down. Let's just put it that way. I, I won't know until I actually go to a game and see it and hear it for myself and be like get the feel of it and be like yeah. These people are right or like, okay, they might have something here if they tweak this or do whatever. I'll never know because going to a Badger football game uh, is like sticking an ice pick in my eyeball. So <laughs> it's just, 
You know, sit, <sighs> sitting on those benches, you get yes. up and then you sit back down and you're three feet to the left That's of where true. you stood up from. And That's true. You can't even have a fucking beer. And nah, I'm good. Okay. I watched it at home. Uh, there were some some big games. Florida State beat LSU. Oregon put 81 on Jesus. Portland State. And then the uh, – did you watch the game yesterday? Cle- number nine, Clemson oh, I, got beat I by – I didn't watch it, but I heard. Got beat by Duke. 28-7. Yeah. That's and then, shocking. And then Dion upset uh, TCU and then went on a his pregame speech. I don't go in for the rah-rah stuff. I really don't. Good for him. He fired his guys up. They're believing if it makes him play better, Fine. And then he went after the media for being non-believers and naysayers and stuff like that. Which, well, that's the that's the funny thing about Dion and you know, love him or hate him, he's a smart business guy. But he's his lane now. He's taking is I'm we're 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 disrespected. Nobody we're, we're, believes we're, we're, we're in the, us. We're the underdog. Yes. And it's like when the hell's Dion Sanders ever been an underdog? Come on, man. Now it appears that his son is pretty good. It's what it seems like. Threw for like 500 yards and five touchdowns against a TCU team that was in the national championship game last year. It's usually known for its defense. Yeah. So, you know, tip of the cap to, to Colorado. And, you know, we're of the age. We remember Colorado being a power. For sure. And so, I'm not, and I had to explain this, like, I'm not rooting against Dion. No. I, I'm just, like, the stuff that he's doing, I don't, that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't resonate. If he wins some games and turns that around, I will give him, a t- like you said, a tip of the cap and be like, good for you, man, because yeah, yeah. maybe you do know what you're doing. Good for you. So, I don't know. You want to talk about any of the other uh, college games? No, or I, else that I, the weekend? Florida State uh, win was was a little surprising. I guess Brian Kelly's got to go home and work on his uh, twang, get that, you know, <laughs> maybe do a little help, be a little more helpful in recruiting if he's got more of that southern twang with, when he's talking to his players. But, uh, no, other than that, you know, college football's off and rolling. Yep. All right, NBA, um, the FIBA World Cup, U.S. won uh, its group. They lost to Lithuania over the weekend. They clinched an Olympic berth mm-hmm. by virtue of three other teams losing. And then I just saw that uh, they beat Italy already. They, they killed them. Yeah, they beat them by, like, 35. So now they're into the semis. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Are you watching it? Like, Beggs well, told me he turned on some of the pool stuff. I've had a hard time finding it, okay. and, and it's on at crazy times. Like, I did, I knew that they played Italy today, but I didn't know what time. And, yeah, I saw it going across the ticker this morning that they already played. So, um, so they play the winner now of Germany and Latvia okay. in the semis. And Germany uh, Germany gave them some problems in the, in the exhibition um, they got the Wagner brothers, Franz and Moe, played at Michigan, both in the league. And Dennis Schroeder, who's a good point guard, been around for a long time, has been on the Lakers the last couple years. So they got some legit guys, uh, assuming they beat Latvia. Um, I saw Serbia beat Lithuania today, and uh, Serbia advancing without Jokic. So that's impressive. And then the other semi or the other quarterfinal game is Slovenia. With Luca um, against uh, maybe Croatia, something like that. I can't remember who. Um, it's been an interesting tournament to follow. The little bit of it that I've been able to follow, um, Anthony Edwards is, has kind of separated himself from the pack on this team as the guy, and he's a guy going into next year. It'll be his, I believe, fourth year in the league. It's 
this is kind of like the year to take the leap. I think he's going to really become one of the top 15, 18 guys in the NBA. He's he's that good. Um, it's a fun team to watch, the little bit I have seen. I mean, they've got some guys, Austin Reeves, Tyrese Halliburton we talked about, uh, Triple J, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year last year in the league uh, for Memphis. They're all on this team. But we we have no size, and that's what happened in the Lithuania game. They destroyed us on the boards. I think they out-rebounded us like 45-25. to 25. Um, And that's kind of an issue that we'll see what happens going forward in the tournament and and if it's something that the the U.S. committee kind of looks at heading into the Olympics that they got to rectify because, you know, I, we, we had a problem 15, 20 years ago playing these European teams where we were still playing old-school post-play and they were coming out and bombing threes. Now we've kind of come out and we're like, okay, well, we'll just have a team where we're bombing threes. And some of these other countries are like, well, yeah, but we have this giant guy who can go down in the post and make threes. So we're kind of, we got to figure that out. Um, But you also got to remember, this is not our best team. The only guy on this roster that would probably make the quote-unquote Olympic team if we were taking our 12 best guys, the only guy that would make the team is Anthony Edwards. So just keep that in mind. But they qualified for the Olympics, like you said. Hopefully they can go on and win this. It'd be it'd be it's always cool, you know, if we can go over and, and, and win these kind of tournaments. Um the the World Cup, which I know is you know, world champion has been a point of contention with this idiot sprinter that wanted to shoot his yap off. It's like congratulations, dude. Nobody cares about you except for like eleven minutes during the uh every four years when you run your one race. That takes nine seconds to run. So relax. Um, but no, I, 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 like I've said before, I enjoy international basketball. I think it's really fun to watch, and uh, hopefully they keep it going. All right, uh, run through some uh, some of the other NBA stuff. I know we got James yeah, Harden this, doing some stuff. This the schedule's a, been released. This is a couple weeks old, so I don't really want to spend much time okay. on it. But James Harden went to China and called Daryl Morey a liar, his general manager in Philadelphia, um, which is. Doubly funny when you think about it because Daryl Morey's the one that got everybody over in China up in arms a couple years ago and he said to support Hong Kong. So he's kind of public enemy number one, and then his guy James Harden goes over there and just takes a dump right on his chest. I mean, like, okay, interesting. Um, The NBA fined Harden 100K uh, for those comments. Um, I had a whole thing about what is this really about, but like I said, it's a couple weeks old, so I've kind of moved on. the schedule release came out last week or a week and a half ago. Um, nothing too major about the NBA. Everybody plays everybody. It's not like football. But the Bucks do play Christmas Day, 11 a.m. against uh, the Knicks out in New York. Um, the Bucks 30 national TV games. That's down a little bit. Down a little bit, but still on the upper end. Um, Golden State had the most of 41. Lakers 40. Phoenix 37. Boston 35. So the Bucks are are still up in the mix. Um, there was a discussion about Steph Curry versus Magic Johnson that happened about a week ago, about is Steph Curry now the greatest point guard of all time? Um, just in the interest of brevity, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not even a point guard. Um, he's a combo guard. But this whole discussion 
has led into my new segment that I wanted to add to the show, so I'll, I'll save okay. most of the discussion for that time. Um, the main basketball thing to talk about is Giannis's comments last week mm-hmm. that he made to the New York Times. And basically, he did an interview. He was asked about, you know, playing his whole career with the Bucks. Is he going to resign with the Bucks? Yada, yada, yada. And he gave his answers. Um, before we get into his answers, yeah, Giannis has had a very interesting summer. If you go back to game five against Miami, they lose. They look terrible in the loss. And then Giannis gives his famous, there's no failure in sports speech. Then the Bucks fire Bud, and they have this extensive coaching search that Giannis is, by all accounts, heavily involved in, gives his stamp of approval for Adrian Griffin, the Bucks hire Griffin. Um, we head into free agency. They bring back Lopez. They bring back Middleton, assumingly with Giannis's blessing and support. These are his buddies. These are guys he just won a title with. Um, then a little surprisingly, it comes out, Giannis is going to have knee surgery. Hmm, okay. Well, didn't really know that. I mean, he had a little bit of trouble during the season, but okay, maybe it's just a cleanup procedure. Then it comes out he's not going to play in the World Cup. Then he is going to play in the World Cup. Then he's not. Then he's going to try. And then he's not. Okay. I guess from a Bucks perspective, I I just assume he didn't play. Right. You know, let that let that knee heal up. But then he goes on Twitter and he's talking about somebody in Saudi Arabia should pay him a hundred million dollars to play in Saudi Arabia. Kind of like they're doing with the live, live golf, golf thing. Okay. I could chalk a little of that up to naivety. He's not American. Maybe he doesn't know quite how that plays over here. He doesn't really play that well, taking quote-unquote oil blood money to play sports. Sports washing, as they call it. So that was a little weird. Then he, while not playing in the FIBA World Cup, Instead of being there and supporting his team, he's at soccer stadiums running around on the field impersonating soccer players like goal celebrations, which, okay, maybe he's there for some business thing, but it's like, but if your country's playing and you got a bum knee, should you be running around a soccer pitch? I don't know, just optically a little weird. So that all leads you into these comments, right? And in a nutshell... He's not going to sign the extension this summer, which we all pretty much knew, and he said it doesn't really make sense for the Bucks or for Giannis. I disagree on the Buck part. Anytime the Bucks can lock him up, they should do it. Sure. But I get it. He'll revisit that next summer. But the main the main thing was the Bucks have to be all in on competing for a championship. Everybody has to be on the same page, or I'm not signing there. So I read these comments, and I I have to think to myself, well, what does he mean by that, right? Mm-hmm. Why why say it that way? What do you mean by that? He also said, you know, everybody has to be willing to sacrifice time away from their family like I do, things of that nature. Well, what does that mean? What does being all in mean? 
Well, you weren't in love with Bud. They fired him. They hired the guy you wanted them to hire. That seems all in. They are one of the five smallest markets in basketball, and going into the season, they're going to have the fourth highest payroll in the NBA behind only the uh, Clippers, Warriors, and Celtics. Um, so that seems all in. They overpaid Brooke Lopez to come back, presumably because you wanted them to. Um, they slightly overpaid and maybe overextended in bringing Middleton back, presumably because you wanted them to. Now, granted, you don't have a lot of capital to make maneuvers going forward, but that's the tax, that's the Drew Holiday tax that you were all for and that got you a title. And, oh, by the way, the Bucks re-signed Thanasis when they could have allowed him to presumably go to the Knicks because Thanasis has said he almost went to the Knicks. They could have allowed him to walk. They brought him back. And they just signed your younger brother, Costas, to a deal to play for the Herd. So, again, it begs the question, what do you mean? What does all in mean? They're taking care of your family. They're spending all the money they can spend. They're going to be like $25 million over the cap, which is a dollar-for-dollar dollar tax, which basically means they have to basically pay a, an extra $50 million to the heir, to the league. Um, it was just a, it was curious to me. I'm not freaking out about it because it's still a long ways away. And the Bucks are still going to be a championship contender this year, but it, it it's a little head scratching because it's like, did you not want them to bring back Lopez and Middleton? Did you because you say you don't want to rebuild, but by not bringing those guys back, you're in a rebuild. So, I don't know. It was just interesting. I mean, what what, what were what did you think about some of those those comments? I didn't go as deep into it as you did, but I just went. My first reaction was, well, yeah. Well, right. Yeah, I don't want to just win one title. Well, of course. Right. That's what I'm like. It's like that thing. I, it's like the thing in sports I hate the most. Well, I just want to win. Well, well okay. Well, who doesn't want to win, and what are you willing to do to win? What are you willing to give up? Some guys would rather just cash a check and make their living and then retire, and they don't give a shit how many championships. I get other people are built differently and dialed in differently and stuff like that. We know that he's not one of those guys that's just in it for the money. He clearly wants to win. He wants to work on his game. And I think maybe it's just what it said to me right away is like, this is just a reminder. Like, if you want me here, we need to keep doing what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And so long as we stay the course, I don't see any other reason why I need to go anyplace else. You know, he still reiterated that he wanted to be there. Um, but it's... It's something that didn't really need to be said, but then again, the way he said it was just kind of like, okay, well, we'll keep doing what we've trying to been doing, trying to do. It hasn't, it didn't work last year, but we'll 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 stay on it, you know. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where I I wish I had been the interviewer because I would have liked a follow up to right. that. What do you mean by that? Right. Well, what do you mean, like, have they not been doing it? You know, do you think they're all of a sudden right. not going Did to? They, is, has something happened since you won the title that, that makes you, you feel like this? they're not right. doing that? Because yeah. if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt in 2022, I think you make the finals and you might win it. You got hurt last year. 
That ain't got nothing to do with the team. You got hurt, and you sat out an extra game that they didn't think you should have sat out. So, I don't know. It's it's just it's interesting. And the Bucks are the Bucks are in a tough spot. We've talked about this going forward with him, and you know you want him to stay. You want him to to keep being the, the guy. Being the guy, yeah. but. He's had some durability issues, mm-hmm. and his game has kind of plateaued. It hasn't really evolved over the last year and a half, two years. So, you know, some of it's on the team, some of it's on him. You got training camp opening up. Yeah, in a, less than a month. Relatively isn't quickly. That, isn't, that, isn't that nuts? That's crazy. All right, we're down to the last month of baseball. Um, oh, what did I see today? 24 games left after the Twins just beat the shit out of the Guardians. Progressive field. Cool stadium. Yeah. Cool looks, stadium. It looks cool. Um, I was unaware that they did standing room only. Oh. Like, instead of rows of bleachers in the left and right corners of the stadium, they have cocktail counters with no chairs. So you just go and you stand. Oh, Jesus, I know where I'd be. Out there. But it's like <laughs> you. we were sitting in back of a guy who said, that's the best deal in all of baseball, and Toronto apparently does it too. You get fifty bucks. You pay fifty bucks. You can go all month for home games. Oh wow! Tend any game you want, huh? You just got to show them your pass, as long as it's within that game, and you pick a spot under. And there's probably 10, 12 rows of these countertops. You just go in there and you find a place you lean against, you grab a beer, and you just kind of put your elbows down and you watch the game. That's cool. The cool part is we talked to that guy when he was sitting in the first seat of the section next to those. Mm. Ushers didn't aren't checking tickets, so he paid 50 bucks And just sat in the seat. And just sat down. Sure. Which was brilliant on his part, mm-hmm. but it's like, I do that. I, I do that every month. I just pay my 50 bucks. I come to as many games as I want. It's a steal. You just come in. It's like, wow. oh, nobody's sitting in that row. Just plop down. I'm good. Well, and if they do come and tell you, you well, just go, you just okay. go up and all right. And then you go lean on the there. counter. Right. Yeah. But I thought that was I thought that was really really kind of innovative, huh? You know, that's cool. Uh, the video board is a monstrosity; it's enormous. But cool stadium. They had a lot of different food options. Um, they still have the self serve beer things. I thought this was interesting. You scan your card; it gets approved. You go into this turnstile. The computers and the cameras are watching you. When you go into one of 10 coolers, they watch what you get. It identifies it with the computer. And then when you walk out the gate, it dings your card for whatever type of beer you get. And if Hmm. you're paying for, so if I go in, I'm going to say, I'm going to buy a beer for you. I scan the card. We both go in. It identifies both you and me, both what we get. And then it charges my card for both. Hmm. You don't need to sign anything. You don't need to do anything. That's just what happens. Wow. There's a person standing there just in case somebody looks too young to check IDs. But I thought that was very, very interesting. Big brother really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Wow. A little bit. So. Huh. All right. Brewers are still on top of the central, but it's. Uh, loosen my collar here. It's getting a little tight. Getting a little tight. Getting yep. a little tight. Yep. Um, offense is actually outside of yesterday. Burns hasn't won a start since July 20th. Not getting any support. Eight straight starts. Mm-hmm. No wins. Well, that's where the nerds tell you that, you know, win, wins for pitchers. You can't just base it off of that. I like how you elevated your voice okay. there. 
Uh, well, the statistics tell uh, us. Well, you know, the, the VORP and the WARP and the uh, the OP plus SPR 278. And... Yeah, it's like I didn't know I had to take fucking calculus to watch a baseball game. But apparently I do. Oh, my God. That's good. All right. I didn't get a chance to watch much baseball now that football season's in. Um, Wild series against the Phillies this weekend. It was yep. really very entertaining. Um, they had no business winning Friday night, the Brewers. Um, three base or three run error leads to the Brewers winning. Just a ground ball to third goes under the third baseman's glove and everybody scores. Um, Saturday again was a really good game and the Brewers almost blew it. Um, Devin Williams came in and, and got Trey Turner to strike out with the bases loaded. And I think it was, I think it was a two run game. And then, uh, they lost on Sunday in in a in another good game. Miley gave up a couple of late home runs, and and the Phillies were able to win. But yeah, I mean the offense has been pretty good lately. Um, the Cubs are the Cubs are good. Steel is dude. I turned into a really really. Good I remember pitcher. when we were talking in the early part of the year, and and I looked at the Cub lineup, and I thought if they can get any semblance of pitching. They're going to be in the mix, and they have. Strowman's been pretty good when he's been healthy, and, yeah, this Steel guy has turned into a, a real guy. Um, the Cubs got a nice team. They are, you know, I'm not I'm not predicting them to make the World Series, but if they get into the playoffs, uh, they could be a bitch to play for somebody in a, in a short series, um, uh, and, and that somebody might be the Brewers. But the Brewers continue to have a horseshoe up their ass. <laughs> In these one-run games. It's unbelievable how many one-run and extra-inning games they keep winning. I think Council has the highest win percentage ever in one-run games. So that's nice. Um, For some reason, they decided to sign washed-up, red-ass Josh Donaldson. (laughs) I was wondering about that when I saw him. Like, what's, what? Yeah, I mean, everywhere the guy goes, he's, I don't want to say he's been a problem, but he's he's a very volatile guy, and you can get away with that when you're hitting 280 with 35 bombs and you're in the MVP discussion like he was in Toronto. He's hitting like a buck fifty, and that's why the Yankees cut him. Now Brewers just signed him to a minor league deal, so they're really not investing much. But it's one of those situations where I hope we don't have to see him because I think if we have to see him, it means things probably Something, aren't going right. well where they felt the need to bring him up. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Pete Alonzo was almost a brewer. I saw that. Wow. Like, how serious and who were we going to give up and what were we going to give up? Well, it sounds like Freilich, Tyler Black, Jefferson Carroll, and this Mizorowski kid who's, like, their top starting pitcher in the minor leagues. I'm glad they didn't make the deal. Yeah. Honestly. Um, Because you're kind of on this track that those guys are going to be – needed and part of the team long-term. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, well, you're how can you say as a Brewer fan that Atanasio's cheap and he doesn't want to do anything and he doesn't and they can't get big names, but then you don't want him to trade for Pete Alonso? Well, because I don't want him to give up all these guys right. that we've been waiting. Cultivated, you know, this, this, yes. would, this would have been the equivalent of trading, like, Corey Hart, Ricky Weeks, Ben Sheets and somebody else in, like, 2002 when they were all in the minors. 
or Sheets had just came up, you would have been like, well, no, we've been waiting for this. Like, mm-hmm. I love Pete Alonso's great, but I kind of want to see what this is. When, when, uh, when Fielder and Weeks and Tony Gwynn Jr. were yeah. all playing for Beloit. Well, they're all in Beloit. If they'd have just said, all like, right, we're shipping those guys. Everybody would have been like, what? Yeah, we're, we're trading them for Soriano. You'd have been like, okay, Soriano's great, but I want my guys. Right. I want to see what these guys yep. become. It's more fun. I agree. Um, go ahead and go through some, well, of the, some of the rest of the Acuna baseball stuff. Acuna has become the first ever 30 homer, 60 stolen base guy, which is just... Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Atlanta, this, this is nuts. Atlanta has seven guys in their lineup that have over 20 home runs. They have a 44 homer guy, three 32 homer guys, a 28 homer guy, and two 20 homer guys. That's nuts. <laughs> I can't remember a lineup like that off the top of my head. I, I just. How far are they in front of the division out there? Double digits. Okay. Close to. Yeah. So they're. They got to be a front runner. Yeah. Um, Just to run through the standings real quick in the AL, Baltimore, Seattle, and Minnesota are winning their divisions. Baltimore is like two up on Tampa. Uh, Tampa's the top wild card. They're going to make the playoffs. Houston and Texas and Seattle are all within like a game in the West. And Houston, Texas, and Toronto are all within like a game in the wild card. So, so. Somebody of Houston, Texas, and, and Toronto is going to end up with a really good season and not make the – and maybe Seattle, too, depending on if they Which fall out. Which kind of sucks considering how bad that AL Central is. I know, but it's like, Christ, how do we got to keep expanding? Like, what's the cutoff here, right. you know? But then you get one of these that doesn't make it, and you're like, oh, I would have really liked them in there. Let's just add it in next year. Uh, yeah. Then you're going to get another team that's just on the cusp that's really good. And right. then you're like, well, I wish we wouldn't have shut them out. And, yeah, because it, it's just going to keep going. Right. Um, in the NL, it's pretty cut and dried. Atlanta and, and the Dodgers are going to coast to their division titles. The Brewers, I still think, will win the Central. Okay. Um, Philadelphia and the Cubs, I think, are going to be in the wild card unless something drastic happens. Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, and San Francisco are all separated by one game. <laughs> so, again, you're going to have a team or two that's pretty good. And you got San Diego, who's got a lot of talent. They're like five games behind those teams. Last month of the season. That's be, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's going to be a wild last month. And, and is anybody going to watch because now football's on? I don't know. I mean, I, I, those Sunday afternoon Brewer games, man, they just they kind of become like background noise, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is that is what it is. That's life when you're trying to keep up with the with the NFL. All right, we're at um, an hour and 22. Yeah. But I want I wanted to stick around for the 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 new segment that you're uh, unveiling here. Yeah. So getting back to the Steph Curry Magic Johnson thing and and maybe it's because we're getting older, probably is. Mm-hmm. Um these these discussions now between who's whoever's great now versus whoever was great yesterday and the guy from yesterday constantly getting shit on it started to piss me off. <laughs> um, anybody who is basically 40 years old or older who got to see Magic Johnson play on the Showtime Lakers versus Bird Celtics, Jordan's Bulls in that heyday, 
We all know the answer to whether or not Steph Curry's better than Magic Johnson. It's no. If Magic Johnson played today with the way the game is played and the way the rules are, he would basically be Giannis, but a better passer and facilitator. Um, He would average a triple-double for a season easily. He was averaging 20 and 10 in the 80s, and he was only get you know, and he was averaging like seven rebounds a game, and that's when there were like six guys on the floor bigger than him. Now, if he played, there'd be one guy on the floor bigger than him, so he'd be getting ten rebounds a game. So that whole thing kind of got me thinking, like you know, of of guys that have been forgotten over the mm-hmm. years in in various sports, and you know, some of them are. Our, our former stars that get disrespected, like I heard somebody say Damian Lillard's the greatest player in Portland Trailblazers history. It's like, really? You ever heard of fucking Clyde Drexler? Guy led the team to two <laughs> guy led the team to two NBA finals uh in the middle of the Jordan Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. Magic Johnson Larry Bird era. Like, are you kidding me? But there's also another tier of guys below the stars that were like all stars, really good, and really good players that nobody remembers. So I was like, "Hmm, that could be an interesting segment on the podcast." Kind of like, remember the old ESPN? Did you know when we yes, were kids? I love brought to you by brought, Hyundai. At the end of the show, it was always you know they'd have. Did a, you know? Did you know it's that brought to you by Josh Goldberg really Hyundai. only wears a size eight shoe? No, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like there was just like these weird I love tidbits. Those. So, yes. I came up with this called Remember That Guy. And basically what I want to do is I want to take like two guys a week and I want to just read you some of their their milestones okay. and just kind of a kind of like a throwback moment. And you know, some of the older listeners that we have jog your memory a little bit and go, Oh yeah, man, that guy, I remember him. He was awesome. And for anybody that might be a little bit younger that listens to us. I don't know if there are any, but maybe you get a little bit of an education. I love history. I love the history of the game. So here you have it. Okay. So first guy, Willie McGee, RBI baseball phenom, Willie McGee. People don't think of him as a, as probably even an all-star level player. 18 years, 1982 to 1999, he has 2,254 career hits, which is more than Ryan Braun, uh, more than Joey Votto. Um, It's like top 60 all-time, something like that. The man won two batting titles. He won it in 1985 and 1990. Um, In 1985, he was the National League MVP when he hit 353. 10 homers, 18 triples, That's a lot. 56 steals, 216 hits, and he won a gold glove. One of three that he won throughout his career. He was a four-time All-Star. He won two World Series titles, 1982 against the Brewers, when he hit two home runs off, off of Cy Young winner Pete Vukovic in a Game 3 win, which if the Brewers win that game, they probably win the World Series. He also had a home run robbing catch in that game off of, uh, I think it was Charlie Moore. Or no, it was Gorman, actually, because I watched the highlight. And then uh, 1985 won another World Series, his second with the Cardinals, and then was traded in 1990 to the A's where they lost the World Series to the Reds. So 
You think of 80s Cardinals, you think Ozzie Smith. Right. You think of um, great hitters of that era. You think of Gwynn, Boggs. Vince Coleman on that guys, team. Vince Coleman. Even, yeah, you think of speedsters. You think of Ricky Henderson, Vince yeah. Coleman. Willie McGee was kind of all of that into one package, but he never quite got to the heights of a Ricky Henderson. But he was a hell of a player. He played 18 years. That seems to be back in the time when Cardinals players were not as hateable. No, no. They didn't think they invented the game. Because they seem to have a lot of likable guys no, well, now to- that you know of. They hadn't been corrupted by the assholeness of Tony LaRussa. <laughs> so, yeah, they were they were semi-likable outside of Milwaukee, who we've always hated him because right. of 1982. Of course, yes. So I thought that was an that, interesting that, that, That's a good one. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, that was an interesting one. This one... Was kind of near and dear to my heart, and I made a whole list of guys that I'm going to kind of siphon through, and and I started with basketball, of course, and and I just kind of picked this guy at random, but a great, great player, Glenn Rice, 1985 high school parade All American. This is pre McDonald's, mm-hmm. pre. 27 different All-American tournaments. There was one All-American. It was the Parade All-American. He was a high school Parade All-American. Goes to Michigan from 86 to 89. Averaged 18 and 6 boards for his career. As a senior, averaged 25.6 points and 6 rebounds a game. Two-time first-team All-Big Ten. 1989 Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, In a year when... uh, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill were also in the league uh, on Illinois. Second-team All-American in 1989, which leads us to the 1989 NCAA tournament. So Michigan, their coach, Bill Frieder, quit like two weeks before the end of the season to take the Arizona State job. And they promote Steve Fisher to, to interim head coach. Michigan gets the three seed in the Southeast Regional. In the Sweet 16 against North Carolina, Glenn Rice has 34 and 6. In the Elite 8 against Virginia, he has 32 and 6. In the Final 4 against Illinois, he has 28 and 5, an Illinois team that won the Big 10 title and beat Michigan by double digits twice. Michigan wins that game. And in the National Championship game, Glenn Rice has 31 and 11 against Seton Hall to win the national title and become the most outstanding player of the tournament. He had four 30-point tournament games and averaged 30-7 and seven for the tournament, a run that has probably not been seen since outside of that year Steph Curry went bananas. So just an all-time tournament run that led to a national championship. Goes to the NBA, 15 seasons, 89-04. to 04. Miami Heat, Charlotte Hornets, Los Angeles Lakers, New York Knicks. Career averages is of 18, 4, and 2. He's a career 40% three-point shooter on four attempts a game. So he was one of the early big-time three-point shooters of his era, kind of you know with Mark Price, Reggie Miller, some of those guys. Before he percents 40% on four attempts. That's impressive. Three-time All-Star, 1997 All-Star Game MVP. That's impressive. When you consider who who's on those rosters, Shaq, Young Kobe, MJ, Pippen, Barkley, Akeem, Glenn Rice winning the MVP, that's that's something. Second team all NBA in ninety seven, third team all NBA in ninety eight. So for two years you were a top fifteen guy in the world. Um 
He was the centerpiece of two massive late 90s trades, um, one of which ended up sending him to the Lakers, where he was the third guy, uh, along with Kobe and Shaq, on the 2000 Lakers that won their first NBA title. So, you know, it's just one of those things when everybody's telling you, oh, Clay Thompson, oh, he's the greatest shooter ever, all oh, Steph Curry, all these guys and all their shooting. It's like, this dude was doing it back in the day at an extremely high level in a college era where everybody was still there. No, you didn't have no one and duns. You didn't have anybody going to uh, into the G League, any of that crap. You had loaded ass teams. So I guess then my question is: when they're doing these things of who the best is in compare uh, comparative analysis, and everybody always jumps on the new guy, and as you had put it, shits on the old guy. Where are those older journalists that covered the league that are still doing it right now to jump out and say? Eh, let's just pump the brakes. Or are they being specifically muted by these organizations well, they, in favor of promoting the game right now and puffing up their stars? Well, the ones that do come out and defend the older guys typically just get called boomers by the younger generation and ignored like they do with everything else that is told to them. Um, you know, 1989 to a 12-year-old, is like 1969 to us. And that's really the way you got to think about it. Like the way my dad talked about Jerry West and Oscar Robertson and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, that's the way we talk about Jordan and Magic and Bird and Barkley. Right. So the thoughts that we had were like, Ken Griffey Jr., he's fucking better than Willie Mays. Well, (laughs) as you get older, you're like, no, no. He wasn't. And it's the same thing now where it's like Steph Curry's better than Magic, and it's like, eh. Magic flew commercial. (laughs) Magic had to tape his own ankles. There was no cold tub. There was no hyperbaric chamber. chamber. Right. There was no, uh, he didn't have a chef. He didn't have a nutritionist. Like, you got to factor all this stuff in, and that's just kind of what this little thing I want to do here going forward is, just kind of remember some of these guys. They're not all going to be serious. Some of them are going to be funniest guys. Like, I, I was going through some old baseball cards. It's like, oh, Dickie Thon. I wonder what Dickie Thon did. Everybody got a, everybody got a baseball card in the 80s or a pack of tops. We all got a Dickie Thon, and we all laughed at his name. We thought it was funny, but it's like you look at it, and you're like, I played the majors for like 14 years. Like, you don't do that if you suck. Right. And that's kind of the point with some of these guys. You don't you don't have twenty two hundred hits and win an MVP in baseball if you're Willie McGee and you suck. You shouldn't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be a footnote in history, and you shouldn't just be known for RBI baseball. Exactly, exactly. You know, Glenn Rice was a fucking baller, man. He played how many? How many different NBA teams did he like play? Four. In? Four or five. Was he with the Hornets for a prolonged oh, yeah. period? Yeah. I remember Glenn Rice Hornets jerseys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really the, do. The, the, the old teal yeah. Hornets jerseys. Because I, I had a lead. I think it was. I had a Larry Johnson one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I do. Re- and I remember he was he was part of that whole thing. So Yeah. Yeah. 
So more of that to come All right. when I have air to fill when you're not here. When I'm not here, which is going to be quite often. But this was fun. Yeah. This is 90-plus minutes. I'm glad I had the opportunity to get well, here. that's why I took the day off of work. Just for Just you. for me. Just for you. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Appreciate it. That is the intentional foul for this week. Dan will be back with some stuff sometime. I'll be back. Some week one NFL recap. Some other one. Okay, yeah. excellent. Uh, you send that to me. I'll throw it right up there and, and, and get it on. We've made our NFL predictions. Season starts Thursday. More college football. We didn't touch on any high school or whitewater stuff, and that's fine because it's been an hour and a half, yeah. and i got to go pick up my kids. So until then, uh, my name is Josh. I'm Dan. And I'll talk to you sometime. Dan will be back after week one of the NFL season. Yep. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the uh, first week of football. Stay hot, Brewers, and come on, Bears. <laughs> Let's start off 1-0, baby.